0: 21st century entrepreneurship
1: with Martin Pieczkurik. What led to your decision to become an entrepreneur? Was it a specific uh, moment in your life? Was it organic growth? Yeah. I, I, yes.
0: Yes and no to both of those. It was one of these things where life leads you down a path. I believe, I don't know if it was God or divine intervention or aliens or what, but I, I was drawn to, instead of working for somebody else or the government, where I constantly felt capped, like I had reached my limits. I had learned everything I was going to learn, that all of those limits were removed in the entrepreneurial space, that you could, you could push as hard and as high as you want and in just about any direction you wanted if you were passionate about it. And you can't really do that in military service or corporate America in most cases. And so it was that feeling and motivation coupled with an actual life event of me leaving the military in a very interesting way. We can talk about that on the podcast if you'd like. And then my brother starting a software company and there being this kind of like this this hot air balloon that was starting to take off and I had an option jump on and see where it goes or continue on your current path and I decided to make the jump. I was working in in restaurants and had been dealing with some really tough things in life. I had been uh, kicked out of college and my girlfriend broke up with me and I was unemployed and I was essentially homeless sleeping on couches and I and I decided to join the military, and it was one of the best decisions of my life. And I was extremely successful at that because I was passionate about it. But I got into positions where there's nothing more that I could do. You're capped by your rank and by your circumstances. And I'm a creative. I like to build things, and and that and then there was those circumstances combined with. Um, At that juncture, having come back from a combat deployment and going through some upgrade training and having a really hard personal relationship where I was like, this is my time. This is, I've been provided an opportunity to go to that next stage of life. And it's not necessarily a step up, it was a step over. And in some cases, a step down in prestige, you know? And so, but it was what was required to
1: get me to where I am today. So, do, do you need to change context and then change your path? I,
0: I Well, that's an interesting question uh, because I think it depends on every individual and their circumstances. For, for me, I've been fortunate enough, to, yes, I did not have children, and I was not married, and I was in a good enough physical shape to be able to say, I'm just gonna blow my life to pieces and go join the military and see what happens. Well, in, in, in that, I realized very quickly that, wow, I could be, I could be at the top. And so, I, I, yes, I did exactly what you said. I took night classes and clept everything and I volunteered for everything I got my hands on and did 134 college credits in 18 months and went to six universities. But I got very bored very quickly. And so, what? yeah, I jumped into that next thing, which was software companies, but I didn't just jump. I think this is where Novice entrepreneurs make the mistake of if you have the opportunity to bridge and amplify your expertise and your knowledge base to ensure or increase the likelihood of success in this new venture, do so. I.e. I was flying back from Afghanistan, Iraq reading google ppc for dummies i was going back on my vacation time back to colorado to work for free to learn how to program so that i would be successful in my next job i can do that though because i can work 14 to 18 hours a day and nobody has anything to say about
1: it because it's just me so physical shape any other prerequisites what what else do you need to jump well it depends on where you're jumping I would believe right so so
0: when I when I went into the military for me it was being mentally acute physically uh able right in shape and and having an open mind you know and they and they break you down and they mold you and you know you go to leadership laboratories all over the world and you're successful at a very narrow skill set for me it was air battle management and and before that I was an f-15 jet fighter mechanic but I knew I wasn't going to do, well, I shouldn't say that. I didn't know, I didn't think I was going to do that for the rest of my life. So I was thinking ahead. I was taking master's classes, getting my MBA. I was reading books at night. I started writing my own books. So that that next step, it was extremely painful, but it could have been so much more painful if I just said, well, I guess I'm going to go on to the next thing. And I had no preparation. I don't think that every entrepreneur understands how difficult it really gets when you become successful, right? It's, it's easy when you're not. Because nobody's looking at you, there's no competition, especially with yourself. And so for me, it's it is tempering myself to better deal with stress, to, right, whether it's my sleep habits, Yes, meditation every day, journaling. I write, I read every day. I don't work out every day, but just about. Whether it's, you know, lifting weights or cardio, I try and spend as much time outside as I can because I'm in front of a computer screen, you know, 12 to 14 hours a day. And so having those intentional breaks where I can have the sun on my face, even for 15 minutes and fresh air in my lungs, opposed to in my office dealing with stress, is very, very important for me And then my sleep hygiene, of getting to bed at a, at a decent hour, ensuring it's pitch black dark, there's no distractions, and I can sleep for you know eight hours if I need to, and wake up rested to start the next day is incredibly important. Minimization of toxins in my body, whether it's crap food, soda, or alcohol. You know what I mean? We have to keep all that stuff to the minimum because it's not natural for the human body brain. And then uh, I use nootropics. I use a lot of mental supplements. Of, I was lucky enough to be born with a, a good brain that I have nurtured and polished through lifelong education. I mean, it's, it, I, to this day, I'm still taking courses and I'm, I'm 39 years old. There's a reason for that. Is because we are plastic and we continue to sharpen what's up here to better serve the world. So I think exploring what works for you, because there is no guru. You're not a guru, and I'm sure not a guru, but there's a lot of really good ideas out there so that your listeners can cherry pick what works for them to create their own methodology for success.
1: David, I heard there is a platform for some of activities you have mentioned. Yes. Pencer-
0: yeah, I love it. I love the emphasis you're putting on it. So, yeah, we pronounce it Pensarita. It's P-E-N-S-A-R-I-T-A. Yes, and you can go visit the site. It's pensarita.com.
1: With a beautiful introduction video, by the way.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So, so I'm going to tell you the story of when I was finishing my military service, I would fly out and visit my grandparents in Florida they're the, some of the most beautiful people on the planet. And my, my, my grandfather was in his 90s and starting to suffer with, you know, mental acuity. And I remember our last interaction, he was struggling with memory. And it was like, very frustrating for me, but probably a 1000 times more frustrating for him. So fast forward, I started noodling on the project for, for quite some time, and then I fell asleep on a, on a plane coming home from a conference. And I am telling you, It was divine intervention, or somebody had whispered in my ear while I was asleep, but I woke up and boom, it was there. The idea of you can create a platform where where people can use any kind of creative medium, music, songs, art, documents, uh, poetry, whatever, and to tell your story about your life, special moments, but they're not just posted on some random mall for people to give likes and dislikes and unsolicited comments, it's private. You share it when you wanna share it, but then we're using patent-pending technology so the, that, that stuff can get shared even after you're dead. So we have we have grandparents that are in their 90s right now recording messages of love and congratulations on your big wedding day for their six-year-old great-great-grandniece. You know, and, and grandmother will be gone by the time she watches this, but they still will have that knowledge and that story to be told so that they can be remembered how they want to be remembered.
1: What kind of technology are you using? I mean, it 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 sounds like an amazing product. Yeah, well,
0: well, I mean, we can't go into the the ones and zeros of of the patents that we've got currently, and there's a lot of them, but the the technology essentially allows you to create triggers for future events. So let's say for instance, um, I want to wish, I I have a little niece who's six or seven years old right now, and I want to wish them something. uh, Hey, congratulations on on graduating high school or whatever that is, or, or I want to create messages to myself. Or I want to collaborate in a space, let's say on a wedding, but I can't be there. I can log in real time and start adding to their body of work so that the bride and the groom can relive that experience through other people's eyes anytime they want. That, that kind of technology doesn't exist in current social media. It's just scrolling, picture, text, scroll, video, comment, comment, ad, ad, add. You know, There's no real, real intentional storytelling other than trying to gamify and get your eyes so that they can make more money
1: focusing. What are your experiences as you're finally building something that can last more than a few minutes? What's the feedback?
0: It's We've gone through usability testing, alpha testing, and beta testing, and overwhelmingly positive of people, people wanting to be back in control of their narrative and their data without somebody going in and reading their messages and saying, what can I steal so I can market to them and sell all their data? Like, that to me is disingenuous. And so what we're doing is trying to put the the users back in the driver's seat and give them all of the tools. And honestly, honestly, if you don't even wanna use the system, that's fine, download all the information and keep it in a safety deposit box. But the second somebody in your life gets a diagnosis, you're immediately gonna want to know the stories behind all of their life lessons. And, And in the past, all of that's just thin air, it's gone. You know, maybe somebody wrote a book, maybe. But then it's not all you have is words on a page opposed to them actually speaking in video and emotion and you know we have one of our investors lost his life over the weekend just like that gone and a hundred years from now that story is also probably going to be gone well this system allows people to be remembered for generations to come and for you to go back and say I wonder what my great-great-grandfather was all about, what they liked and didn't like and what they struggled with. Imagine a the therapeutic capacity for growth that can
1: provide. And you are running multiple businesses. You have Firepoint solutions as well. Could you share a bit about what that solution does and how it helps people?
0: Yeah, well, that, that was actually a company that I co-founded many years ago. Um, it's since been acquired and changed. Um, it was a real estate CRM kind of where I cut my teeth in. I'm not even gonna call myself developer, learning how code operates, we'll say, but really did fall in love with marketing, um, did a lot of uh, integration with multiple listing services. But yeah, I no longer have any kind of uh, say or control in that at in, in
1: Firepoint Solutions. So, David, it it seems you have a lot of positive energy. How do you stay motivated and inspired while running all those businesses?
0: Yeah, that that is a daily challenge, right? Because I'm human and we we all deal with hard things in life. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. So, for me, it's surrounding myself with people uh, that are that believe in what I believe in. And I know that sounds a little bit dogmatic, but it is, it is about how can we build things that are good for the world? How can we build things that take us to the next level as the human race, that we're doing good for one another? Because I believe that we can do that and make money. I think that we're supposed to. And, and so it's surrounding myself with mentors and team members and other visionaries that, that all kind of align with us and our energy. That's super important. Second is taking care of myself. This is, guys, we're entrepreneurs. We run ourselves ragged. And I know that every inspirational coach and guru out there is gonna tell you different ways to take care of yourself. Just shut up and listen because you need to, because I didn't. Well, I've I've torched a lot of relationships and I've had a lot of pain because I didn't take care of myself. And then that bubbles out in other areas of your life. And then the last one the third one is constant personal development i read every day i listen to an audiobook every day i'm working out not almost every day but trying to push yourself forward in ways that feel right your gut's there for a reason your heart's there for a reason trust it. i think that you the things that we just talked about you should really get in tune with and begin to trust your heart and your gut and i and i think that this giant thing on top of your shoulders your brain is just a computer and that that should not be the true navigator and i'll tell you a little story an air force survival school it's you can google it seer s-e-r-e when you go there and you're in field training and they're telling you how to survive if you get shot down one of the things they tell you is trust your gut Like military professionals, the top in the world are telling you to trust your gut. There's something there, right? Of that internal compass. What's your daily routine? My daily routine, it's not as routine as you would think. I'm not, hey, it's 5.30, wake up, immediately go journal, do my breath work. I kind of go with the flow. And I know that sounds a little bit crazy for an entrepreneur, but if I didn't get enough rest for whatever reason, there's something I'll sleep in for 30 minutes. I'll hit snooze. It's okay because I have built in enough buffer because yeah, I can work an extra four hours tonight if I need to. It's okay. It's okay. But typically I wake up, I make fresh eggs, some spinach, you know, whole grain. I eat, I'll listen to music. I'll open the windows. I'll talk to my plants. Yeah, I'm weird, you know, but plants are energy. And so, and and I'll, I'll, I'll take care of my environment and then I'll get my day started, right? Typically I work out in the evenings because that was just an old military habit of mine. Um, but I like that because I can double dip. I can listen to an audiobook while I lift and not worry about all the distractions. And then I'm, I work. I work really hard and really fast for as long as I can. And, and then I get exhausted. I'll take little breaks to get up and, you know, get a snack. and But I don't take lunch breaks. I haven't, I haven't for a you know, very, very long time. Uh, And I work, I work one day every weekend, you know, it's, I spend half my Saturday or half my Sunday or sometimes all my Saturday getting ahead because as an executive, I need to make sure that I'm in front of everybody else from a workflow perspective. When we start Monday, I'm never hindering progress because there's way more of them than there is me, you know, and, and I want to go back to the reading thing. I don't just pick up random books and read. I read about what I want to be better at. And it's not always business. Like what I'm reading right now, fascinating book on the mind control method, right? And then I've got another one right here that was just recommended to me. Resilience on personal accountability. Like, and so I'm always asking my peers, the people I trust, that I look up to, the what are you reading? You know, what are the best? And then I keep a list. I have a log. My goal is to do a book a week for the rest of my life.
1: What are your thoughts on using entrepreneurship to do good and help others? I think this is the next iteration of entrepreneurship
0: in our world. I think that the the most successful entrepreneurs, you're gonna see the the Elon Musks of how am I solving? the greatest world's problems, you know what I mean? In a, in, a, in a positive, dignified manner that, yeah, there's maybe some negative happening to our environment because of the natural resources being used. I understand that, but right? that's that's a bridge that we're going to cross with reforestation and cleaning up a planet. We'll get there. But I think right now, if you have an idea as an entrepreneur of how you could solve a problem to make people's lives better, to make them happier, for things to be more peaceful, for them to get more out of life, then then go down that road and see if there's a business model around that. I mean, we, we're working on two others I can't even talk about right now that are the entire business model, all of the revenue is going towards doing good. And it, it's around, it's about, it's about children and elderly in hospital beds who don't have the love that they need. And so it's impacting their recovery. We have a solution for that. A very effective digital solution for that right now, and so I would challenge all of your listeners: Do you have an idea around things that you could do for somebody to make their life better, easier? And and the technology is accelerating at such a logarithmic pace that that those things five years ago that were science fiction are now complete reality, and 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 it's only getting faster through Moore's law. If you would like to learn more about what we're doing at Penserita, you can visit us at pencerita.com. 21st Century Entrepreneurship
1: with Martin Piskarik.